Today's swap in number is 4.2%. That's the profit sharing rate for 2021. After not posting a profit in 2020 due to the pandemic, it's good to see that our airline was back in the black last year, even if we needed some PSP money to do it. This year's payment is due on March 15th. So on today's show, we're going to talk with 401k committee chair, Drew Payne, and member Brian August about some of the basics of profit sharing and how it works with our 401k plan to help our members save for retirement. Social safety to Denver Tower and to Burkham, wind 264 I'm Amy Robinson. And I'm Kurt Heideman, and here's our interview with Drew and Brian. So Drew, explain some background on profit sharing. When did it come about? What is something that people don't know or maybe get confused about? The history of profit sharing is it started by Southwest Airlines in 1974 as our first retirement plan. And not coincidentally, it, it, that was the year ERISA law was passed. That's the Employee Retirement Income Security Act that permitted such a plan as profit sharing. It's been paid out every year except for 2020, where it hit its record low of 0.0%. It's been paid out in some form or fashion every year since 1974, with a 48-year average of 8.7%. One of the common things we run into as far as not knowing about profit sharing is simply, you know, where to find it. And it is not on Schwab, the 401k record keeper website for SWAPA. It's found on the Empower site, and it's administered by Southwest Airlines. How do our pilots find it on the Empower site, or where is the Empower site? Uh, www.freedomtoretire.com. And then you log in uh, on your profit sharing, your personal login on profit sharing. You'll find it there on the Empower site. And does the Empower site have only profit sharing, or are there other accounts that it has there? It has uh, other accounts there. If you available are three non-qualified plans, and if you've signed up for any of the non-qual plans, Uh, The record of those plans is also on that Empower website. So, Brian, what's the difference between profit sharing and the 401k plan if they're both qualified plans? So the biggest difference is how the money gets into those plans. The 401k plan, you have the ability to contribute as well as the company's non-elective contribution, the 15% that we see coming on every paycheck into our 401k plan. The profit sharing plan is completely separate. There's a formula that's based on the earnings for the company. And when they come out, they will announce, or they have announced for this year, um, the percentage of your pay from 2021 that is going to get deposited into that account. But they're both qualified plans. The math has to add up uh, for the IRS up to a certain amount that can go into your qualified plans total. So for fairly junior first officers, they're going to see contributions into their uh, profit sharing. For the more senior captains or, or high-flying first officers and you know captains, that max out their 401k with the non-elective contribution and their own contribution, they will see cash on March 15th, or if they've elected to have one of those non-qualified plans that Drew mentioned, they'll see contributions to those non-qualified plans. But they are both, they are both qualified plans, which means the IRS does have a lot of say in how they are administered and how the contributions are sorted between them. You mentioned that profit sharing will be funded here uh, of March 15th or, or close to that. Now that is, we're talking 2022, but that is for the 2021 year plan. Is that correct? 
or the, the earnings on 2021, I guess? Yes, that, that's correct. Southwest Airlines, well, the formula is 15% of Southwest Airlines earnings before taxes. That's roughly the formula with some caveats. That number that included government support last year totaled $230 million. So that's the numerator, if you will. And the denominator is the total amount of employees and their total pay and the 401k qualified type pay will be paid out, profit sharing will be paid out at 4.259 or 4.26% uh, on March 15th, 2022 for, as you mentioned, the 2020 year. So I guess it's confusing to a lot of people. We also had a vote on the profit sharing deferral. We do that every fall. That's part of the contract. When, when did we vote on that? for 2021, because it's, it's, it's pretty confusing. That vote occurs in the fall every year. Um, that is sort of a, mm, a point of contention, if you will. I don't know how else to say it. It's a, it's a union vote by majority whether the profit sharing will go into the qualified account first or be paid as cash. Each time there's been a vote, it's been qualified first. And that happens every fall. And so for 2021, when was that election made for our pilots? The vote occurs the fall prior to the business year for profit sharing to be earned. So in fall of 2020, SWAPA put out a vote for profit sharing, whether that would go directly into the non-qual account first or be paid out of cash first. The vote, as in previous years, was for profit sharing to be paid in qualified money first. That was in fall of 2020 for the 2021 business year, paid out in March 2022, coming up here in a couple of weeks. So, Brian, one of the questions that we get pretty regularly is why can't everyone sort of just choose their own way to be paid the profit sharing? Uh, why does it have to be like a, a whole group vote kind of thing? Uh, so actually, years ago, uh, there was never even a vote. It just it got funded the way that it basically is getting funded now, the way the vote is set up. Uh, in our, I believe it was our last contract, actually, we, we got the ability to, to come to a vote, but it has to be a unanimous decision in terms of we either choose to do it this way or we choose to do it that way. But the IRS doesn't let everybody just do their own thing. So that's the first part is, you know, you're restricted. So we vote as a group and the majority rules. And the reality is it's the majority rules, but it's the majority of folks that have already uh, typically maxed out uh, their 401k side of things that want to have another way of potentially tax deferring their money or in those cases if they're not if they've, if they've already maxed it out it's going to come back to them as cash or they can send it to the non-qual plan and for the first officers a lot of times once you get up into the the pay ranges that the captains are seeing you're doing everything that you can do to push off some of those taxes and if that is pushing that into one of the non-qualified plans so that you're not having to pay the tax on it then so be it and so it's one of those things it's a short-term problem for the first officers until they hit a certain uh, amount of money that they're able to contribute to their 401k before that becomes sort of the non-decision like it is for most captains where everybody just says, either give it to me as cash or put it into my non-qualm plan. I was going to say, I, th I think that's a common, uh, I wouldn't call it misconception, but it's something that a lot of people don't realize is that the captains do have a, a dog in the fight when it comes to this decision if they participate in the non-qual plans. That's the that's the key piece of it that uh, is left out. Can you explain why th those pilots uh, care what the vote is? My, I get mine back as cash typically, but 
those guys wouldn't. Yeah. So, and I get mine back as cash as well, uh, just because I want to be able to invest it in something, um, you know, that, that I'm, that I'm comfortable with. One of the things about the non-qualified plan, not, not to get into the weeds here, but the non-qualified plan essentially is company money until such time as you get the distribution upon retirement or within that five, the five years, uh, paid out in equal installment. Um, most captains that are giving or that are contributing that money to their non-qualified plan are looking not to pay the 25% tax on whatever money that they're going to get. For example, on March 15th, if you're getting, you know, if, if you're supposed to get $10,000, you're actually going to get 7,500 of it because 2,500 goes to pay taxes. Well, the captains that are in even higher tax brackets actually still owe more money off that profit sharing contribution. And so for them, they can actually push that $10,000 into retirement as far as you know, the tax amount on it. And so we do see a lot of guys, especially as they're closing in on that retirement age, five to seven years of retirement, they're using that non-qual in order to defer as much tax as possible until they believe they're going to be in a lower tax bracket than the bracket they're in currently. For those that think that it's an automatic thing, it's not. It's something that you have to enroll in during open enrollment. So somebody that's thinking, oh, I should put this money into my non-qualified plan now, if you don't already have one, it's not going there. That's something you have to do during the fall open enrollment period as far as selecting the non-qualified plans you wish to participate in. Yes, and as a follow-up to Brian's comment there, the three non-qualified plans once enrolled are evergreen enrollments. So you're, if you positively enroll in the fall on any of the three non-qualified plans, your enrollment will continue until you disenroll yourself. Guys, we mentioned that uh, profit sharing and the 401k are both qualified funds or qualified accounts. Explain to the listeners how they work together to hit the IRS limits and what those limits are and what happens if a pilot were to go over the limit. So without trying to confuse things too much, because we're dealing with uh, limits for now 2021 limits, which are different from the 2020 limits. Basically, the profit sharing and the 401k, the limits are from 2021 would have been $58,000 cumulative. So between the money that the company puts in, in NEC, plus profit sharing, plus an individual's, what was it last year, 19,500, so 19,500 that an individual could have put in, plus the company's total amount, the NEC plus profit sharing can't exceed $58,000. Again, this is 2021 limits. Our limits are, are different for this year. So once they exceed that $58,000 total cumulative limit, that money has to have more. So it either goes to a non-qualified plan if it's been elected or it's going to come back as cash. Both plans, again, follow, you know, fall under ERISA and IRS guidelines for how those monies can be put away tax deferred. And so that, that tax deferred limit is at $58,000 from 2021. Okay. So that's the tax, uh, that's the, uh, the tax deferral limit, but then there's also a compensation limit. So how does that play into profit sharing? So the compensation limit last year would have been $290,000. Any money that's earned above $290,000, whether that's in profit sharing or NEC contribution, is no longer eligible to go into the 401k plan or the profit sharing plan and any of the percentage over it. So as a simple example, if you made $300,000 last year, your 4%-ish of that profit sharing that we're going to get um, on $300,000 would normally be $12,000. But because of the difference between the max earning, 290 and 300 being $10,000, that 
that 4% of $10,000, so $400, is no longer eligible contribution and either goes to the cash that you're going to receive on March 15th or would go to the non-qualified plan. It's the 401A17 non-qualified plan because you've exceeded that $290,000 income limit. We've ta- we talked earlier about the, the fact that the profit sharing plan and the 401k plan were, were separate. Is there a way to combine those accounts? Uh, yes, there would be, uh, but you have to wait till you're age 59 and a half. And then profit sharing money, uh, it's called an in-service distribution. Profit sharing money can be rolled over into your 401k account. So you would initiate that with your Empower profit sharing account and starting at age 59 and a half, and once per year, you can take a in-service distribution and roll those funds for simplicity and to kind of aggregate them into your 401k account. Uh, interestingly, there is another workaround for those that are less than 59 and a half. And it's not, a, it's not combining the accounts, uh, but it's called account aggregation. And it's a tool... Uh, that was instituted on the Schwab website by a company called Yodley. I wrote an article about that in uh, February 2021, Schwab's account aggregation tool. And simply what that is, is a um, screen scraping program where it automatically logs on your Empower website and imports the investment and balances viewable on your Schwab website. So again, the, the latter is not a account combination, but it's a sort of one screen website view on a tool that's available through Schwab. I think it was Brian that mentioned earlier about the uh, the cash payment option for the profit sharing, and, and you mentioned a 25% tax withholding. Just to clarify to our listeners, when you talk about tax withholding, that is not the same thing as the taxes paid, right? How are those different? Well, so when you get that payment on March 15th, it's not going to, it's going to come to you. If you're four, 4% of your, let's say you made $200,000 last year, and you're expecting that roughly $8,000 in profit sharing payment. Realistically, you're going to see in your account, you're going to see about $6,000 because a quarter of it will have been withheld as part of the, the payroll process for taxes. When you file your taxes on the following year, if you happen to be in a higher tax bracket than the 25%, you're going to end up paying an additional bit of tax on that as, as income. That, that is, if, if you're getting this money as cash, it is, it, is an income, um, it is income to you. So that's where you may potentially have to pay another few hundred dollars equivalent on that amount of money. And, and to be fair, if, if for some reason you made less money for whatever reason, you could potentially get a refund on that withholding? The federal supplemental withholding is 22% federal. Oh, okay. So it's not and, 25, um, it's 22. Okay. It's 22. And so your that paycheck on March 15th will have federal taxes withhold at 22% plus FICA. And uh, FICA is 7.65%. It's the component of Social Security at 6.2 plus a, a Medicare taxes. Can you take a loan from your profit sharing account like you can from your 401k? No. Yeah, it's expressly prohibited in Southwest plan. There is no loan option. Uh, But they do have a similarity with a 401k plan in that they do have a a choice retirement account option, don't they? There is a brokerage window that is available. Same thing within the 401k. Um, 
sort of alludes back to our, our last podcast on advisors and PCRAs and, and performance. But yes, if you wanted to make your own investments within your profit sharing, there is that uh, allowance to have a, a brokerage. So you could, in theory, you could have a brokerage account in your 401k and a brokerage account in your profit sharing plan. Correct. It's slightly more restrictive on the Empower company side. It's 50% uh, versus 95% total assets allowable in the brokerage window. So is it possible to lose your profit sharing? It's not possible to have it taken from you. We'll put it that way. Um, I guess if you do some really bad investing, it's possible to lose it. Um, so profit sharing is an ERISA protected plan. It is not possible to have it taken by the company. Uh, it is protected under federal law and it's identified by your social security number. Now there is a vesting schedule. It's a five-year vesting schedule at 20% per year. So if you worked at Southwest Airlines for say three years, you're 60% vested and then you quit, you're only gonna get six tenths of your money. You're not fully invested until you've been employed for five years. Brian, I know that, uh, like we said before, I'm one of those guys that gets my money back as cash uh, on, the, on the 15th of March. And rather than get hit ta with taxes, are there any other options that I do have since I'm not enrolled in any non-qual plans? The options are pretty limited. Uh, I'm a big fan of HSAs uh, for the fact that you can sort of squirrel away a few thousand dollars more. It's the same thing with the backdoor Roth. We do get a lot of questions and we see a lot of it uh, information on the forum about backdoor Roths. A lot of guys know about them. Um, they're actually fairly easy, but it's a way that if you're getting a, a significant check on March 15th, say you're getting $10,000 of that $10,000, you're eligible. If you're under 50 to put 6,000 over 7,000 into a IRA, when you move it into the IRA, you're not creating a tax event because you just got done on March 15th, paying the taxes that, that Drew and I've talked about on that money. Almost all brokerages, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, Tiro Price, have a way of immediately sort of flipping backdoor uh, that IRA into a Roth IRA. And you select the option that says, I wanna pay any taxes that are owed now. Well, if you do it within a couple days of receiving that money, if you're still eligible uh, for the year, if you haven't already made a contribution to your IRA, that money essentially never sees any more tax on it. So you put that $6,000 into the, the traditional that gets flipped into your, your Roth, that backdoor approach, that $6,000, whatever you invested in is now going to grow tax-free and it comes back out tax-free. So if you were to wait six or nine months and you invested that in a stock that does well, whatever the difference is in your, your purchase price at $6,000 and let's say it turned into $10,000, you're now gonna owe tax on that difference, the 4,000. So one of the things that I've, I've said to guys before is if you're gonna do a backdoor Roth and we're getting a profit sharing, do it on the day that you get your profit sharing account because you've already paid your taxes that day on that money, go ahead and do the, the backdoor. So talk to either your, your Schwab representative, your T-Row, Vanguard, Fidelity, whoever you use uh, with, with other IRAs or other accounts that you may have and you can set up your IRA that flips it into a backdoor Roth. Okay, so that's a good explanation of backdoor Roths uh, by Brian, and we do see a lot of folks participating in those. Um, we tend to think of our retirement accounts at the 401k committee and, and broadly our pilots as pre-tax, post-tax, traditional and Roth, 
But there's a third bucket that can be um, utilized with regard to the federal tax system. If you get a profit-sharing check paid back in cash, it's a part of your payroll. Of course, income taxes are withheld from that. But that money could be deposited in a brokerage account. And if it's invested in a brokerage account for periods longer than a one year, those, those monies are now subject uh, to long-term capital gains tax. And long-term capital gains tax is significantly lower than federal income tax for most working pilots. Um, it, it, it's got three brackets, zero and 15 and 20% for assets held more than a year, plus a 3.8% Obamacare tax. So long-term capital gains is a way to lower your overall effective tax rate on retirement assets, uh, simply depositing the money in a brokerage account, investing in a brokerage account, and holding it long-term. I just want to clarify what you just said, though, uh, and that is there still be, the pilot will still pay the income tax on the profit sharing. You're talking about capital gains on whatever's left over uh, when, it, when it earns additional uh, investment income, correct? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So there's if you're paid profit sharing in, in cash, if you're getting it back, there's no way around federal taxes owed now. Uh, but just like the backdoor Roth, for future money, for future gains on that money, long term, um, you could utilize the tax brackets available on long term capital gains by simply depositing your funds, if you don't need them, in a uh, brokerage account and holding the investments one year or more. So let me just ask this, guys, to both of you, uh, as we wrap up, what's, what's the main takeaway you want to ha give to our pilots that are listening to this podcast? I'm always a back-to-the-basics guy. So, again, profit-sharing day is March 15th. That's when you could expect to see it in your payroll. However, if it's paid to your profit-sharing account on March 15th, it may not appear, so hold your phone calls, until March 16th, and then check your profit-sharing account on the Empower website to see your profit sharing that may be paid to your profit sharing account. We want to thank Drew and Brian for talking with us today. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback on their last podcast with us, so we're going to try to bring them into the studio a little more often. As always, we'd like to hear what you thought about today's podcast. So please drop us a line at com at swaba.org. We'd really like to hear from you. Finally, today's bonus number is 12.6%. That's the five-year profit sharing average prior to the pandemic. While we're glad to see the 4.2% this year, it's still only one-third of our recent historic average. But if our management can get the operation back on track, SWAP is optimistic that we'll see a return to those higher profits as demand continues to grow. With 1896 Baltimore Tower, runway 33 left, clear to land, one three one zero at 16 gust 24, traffic will depart runway 28. Clear to land, 33 left, southwest 1896.